Hey everyone, this is Aspet Bedrosian. And this is Hovik Manucharyan. And we're talking with Gev Iskajan on the latest conditions and events during the Artsakh blockade. Gev is with the ANC in Artsakh, Nagorno-Karabakh, and he lives in Stepanagird. Today is February 24, 2023. This is the 75th day of the Artsakh blockade. Good evening, Gev. Good evening, guys. Hello, Gev. How are you doing? Good, good. Good to be on. Gev, so it has come to pass. As we've been expecting for almost a month now, Ruben Vartanian was sacked by President Arai Karutunian. Uh, so how are you and other people experiencing or reacting to these political changes in Stepanagerd? Look, obviously, I don't think this is welcome news. Ruben brought a sense of hope, brought some transparency, professionalism, things that were much needed here, I would say. And him going is a bit of a demoralizing hit for the populace. So that's very unfortunate. I would say that the way that he did leave, both in his announcement, uh, were commendable. Uh, it was all about the future of Artsakh, about moving forward in this process as best as we can. And their split, in essence, at least publicly, was amicable. And I also think it's good news that he plans to stay here. What are his plans staying? Because it's one thing, uh, you know, if he stays and maintains a presence, but it's another that a person of his caliber of his financial resources remains actively engaged both in politics and in business and social and in all forms, essentially. I think that the expectation from a lot, like I think if he's not the state minister, then he, uh, to redeem himself, he must be very active in all spheres of life in Artsakh. And uh, he has a unique capacity to do that. What are your thoughts about that? Absolutely. I agree with you, Hovik. I also think that so far from what he's stated and from the news that we've gotten internally, he does plan to stay. He also plans to work on tangible projects. He has a foundation set up here called the Menkenk Mersadet, or We Are Our Mountains. And they have various uh, social and economic plans that they want to enact within the country. I hope that he sees those to fruition. And I also hope that, you know, we don't talk about this much, but I hope that this isn't the end of his political career in Artsakh. The other thing is that, you know, we also, I believe, right after the news of his sacking, Azerbaijani officials reiterated their demands, and they said that their demands are for him to leave Artsakh completely and not just his position. Do you think there will be more pressure from Azerbaijan for him to leave completely? I think that pressure is always going to be there, whether uh, we cave to that. And I say we because I don't think it's just on Rupen. I think it's on the government. It's on the society here. I hope that that's not something that we accept because looking beyond Ruben, Azerbaijan can't dictate which ethnic Armenians, be it from Armenia or the diaspora, can come into Artsakh or not. We set a very bad precedent if we do that. And I might even be selfishly speaking as an Armenian from the diaspora, you know, working in the ANC office and a few other friends that I have here. I don't want to see us go down that road where Azeris dictate beyond Ruben who comes and who goes out of Artsakh. They seem to be dictating a lot of other things. Give a quick question. Um, Arai Karutunian was initiating this constitutional amendment. Is that still going on or has that uh, movement lost urgency in light of the changes? To be honest, I haven't heard much on that front. I think in the next few days as the new government forms and as the parliament starts uh, taking on more action, we'll see what, what happens with that. Interesting. Okay. On uh, a different note, Samvel Babayan, whom I consider at this point a Pashinyan agent, is reportedly in Artsakh. And I don't know if you've read or listened to any of his statements, but to me, it seems like he is angling for 
a post as the state minister, basically to replace Ruben Vartanian. If I may be so bold to say this is a guy who basically supports Aliyev and advocates for a roadmap that's going to lead to the depopulation of Artsakh. Yeah, and, and for more details about that, we just finished recording a podcast with Anna Abrahamian. I don't know if that which one will come out first, but you can listen to that podcast. Yeah, I think Anna just, go on, yeah. just made me raw about the, the whole Babayan issue. But one thing that uh, he, 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 was, uh, he was given a slot on Artsakh Public TV to give an interview. And he basically, one, he, he said many things that made me vomit. But one of them was that in order to gain legitimacy with Azerbaijan and to force them to negotiate with Artsakh, we can cooperate basically with Azerbaijan. We can promise them that we will help remove the Russian peacekeeping force in Artsakh. Essentially, if the Artsakh government says, you know what, uh, we're done with the Russians, we don't need the Russians, then that may be a signal to Aliyev to negotiate and give some something more to uh, Artsakh short term. But I just don't see what happens after the Russians leave. So we're basically making a pact with the devil for like a minor short term... Yeah move and it's very precarious what their motivations are for leaving you know we've seen all the analysts that we speak to say that if the russians leave then uh, armenians leave in Artsakh. so i don't know what their what these people's aims are so my question on babayan gave has he been active in areas that you've had contact with has your office dealt with this guy yeah so look i would say that in our office capacity, whether that's, you know, high tot or, or the diplomatic things that we work on, no. But I can say quite confidently here, uh, you know, as a resident of Artsakh, and this is my personal opinion, he does not have the public support in Artsakh to take the helm of state minister. Also, when we talk about plans of having the Russian peacekeepers leave, well, let's make sure that we state that that is not the idea of the vast majority of Artsakhsis here. That is uh, Samuel Babayan's whatever thought frame that he's in. Uh, I don't think it's realistic. And I can tell you that, yeah, he is angling for a position in the government from everything I've seen. Uh, and from what I know, I don't think there's a high likelihood that he gets it. Well, that's good news. The other news that we want to cover is that apparently a day after Ruben Vartanian was sacked, there was a meeting between Azerbaijani representatives and Armenian representatives of Artsakh. And there is now an agreement for the resumption of electricity and gas to Artsakh. So while the ICJ cannot determine uh, whether Azerbaijan is disrupting the flow of gas, apparently Ruben Vartanian with his resignation, was able to make the gas flow again. So from one perspective, it's good. But from another, I think it's a very bad omen because Azerbaijan is able to extort the Armenians of Artsakh. Uh, and their price, at least one of the conditions, was the removal of Ruben Vartanian. They want him gone completely, and it'll be interesting to see if he remains. But there are other conditions. So now my next question is, are the other like four preconditions that they have are those also going to be met? Because one of those, for instance, entails the establishment of a checkpoint on the Berzor Corridor. And we all know when that checkpoint is established, then anyone who goes through it is under the threat of arrest. And that includes Araik Haratunyan, who's wanted in Azerbaijan. <laughs> but it also includes every fighter, um, you know, every every male. Well, at this point, basically age. all of the population of Artsakh. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, yes. So that's very bad. On what, what are your thoughts about yeah, that? Yeah, look, I think letting Azerbaijan dictate statecraft, whether it is the resignation or the dismissal, as I should say, of Ruben Vartan, is a very bad road to go down. I think the other points 
in what they want for concessions from Arzachtis are an absolute no-go under any condition. I think to set up checkpoints controlled by Azeris, it would be to stranglehold. And I actually think it's worse than the blockade. It is worse than the blockade and that, that should not be accepted under any condition. As for the other resources, look, just due to the nature of our geography here, due to the fact that some of the electric lines go through Azeri-occupied territories, as is the gas, that's the predicament that we're in. But uh, there's another this that I think we should talk about a little more, is the diaspora, Armenia, whoever has the means after, if and when this blockade is lifted, needs to do everything possible to build the energy independence infrastructure of Artsakh. When we talk about Azerbaijan forcing concessions onto the populace, the better, the more solar power that we have, the more generators that we have, the more greenhouses that we have, all of those things actually translate into diplomatic capital because then we can parlay that, use that to withstand Azerbaijan's pressure. The more that we build our independence here societally, the more that we can demand from Azerbaijan. And let me also say one thing, that the Azeris have been claiming that there was no blockade and pointing to all the Red Cross crossings uh, through Lachin Corridor and everything. But in reality, the blockade is evidenced, not just by those crossings, but also the gas blockade, the electricity blockade. So the fact that they are lifting these things right after some of their political demands are met just says that there has been a blockade for 75 days now. Absolutely. And the Azeris, look, the Azeris, know that too they're not even lying to themselves they might be lying to the rest of the world yeah. but they're very cognizant That's of right. what they're doing there was one question the other day when we got disconnected i want to ask you speaking of the red cross taking some patients over to yerevan over 110 patients have been transferred by the icrc to armenia i wanted to know if these patients are able to return back to artsakh after they get treatment in yerevan yeah so after your question i tried to get more clarification here and uh, from what I've been told that, yes, folks that have received treatment, those that are of adequate capacity to return, have returned to Artsakh through the facilitation of the Red Cross. Okay. So, are, and, and are you guys able to find routine medical care and uh, prescription meds and everything around Artsakh right now? I think that, look, uh, the pharmacies are not stacked to the rate that they were before. Okay. That's absolutely given. And I also think that even up until this point, we cannot guarantee ICU care in the country. Okay. All right. So let's uh, leave it there, Gev. Uh, I think this was a good conversation. We'll talk very soon. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. Good talking. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.